Hey, this is Mark. And this is Jay. We just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of NerdCage Live. And be sure to tune in to our live show on YouTube every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Coffee being put through a filter and somehow a purified process. It's purified. It's You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, out of your back, out of your back. He finally came to the conclusion that they were definitely not human, not human, not human. Not human. What is Who dreamt he was a man? I loved it. Now the dream is over. Hello and welcome. That's right. You're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you night tick. So thank you for joining us tonight. Please hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co-host, Jay St. G, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York. And always with me, the warrior from Wakanda, the fiend from Louisville, my man, Mark Withers. What's shaking? Hey, what's going on, man? Super excited to be here as usual, and yes. Tonight's episode is going to focus on the 35th anniversary of David Cronenberg's The Fly. Now, Jay, this movie is more disturbing now than the first time I watched it. But I wanted to get your perspective. Having rewatched it recently, how do you feel about this movie? Well, first and foremost, do not eat anything while you watch this movie because <laughs> it is disgusting. However, I am going to say this. Yes, it's aged very well. And this is a very rare exception where the remake is better than the original. I have to agree. I mean, for 1986, the special effects in this thing were absolutely fantastic, including the makeup, which actually got them an Academy Award nomination. Now, before we even go any further, I kind of wanted to get into the origin of how this movie was made. So in the early 1980s, a guy named Kip Ullman approached his friend Charles Edward Pogue about doing a remake to the cult classic, The Fly, which was originally released in 1958. They took this idea to their friend Stuart Kornfeld, who then went and pitched it at Fox. The executives at 20th Century Fox loved the idea so much that they spec'd a screenplay for it. But when that screenplay was returned to them and they read it, it was so bad that they rescinded their offer immediately. However, Kornfeld was able to negotiate a distribution deal. They would go ahead and release it as long as he could find the funding to actually get the film made. Enter Mel Brooks. Now, most people are going to recognize that name from movies like Blazing Saddles, History of the World Part II, Spaceballs, and all these great comedy movies. However, Kornfeld and Brooks had worked together previously on a movie called The Elephant Man, which was a lauded drama. 
and that was a huge success for them. Brooks insisted on taking his name off the movie to sort of avoid confusion because he thought that if people knew that he was associated with the film, they would think of The Fly as a comedy and they may not actually go in to see it. Or if they went to see it, they might get a misconception and then might not enjoy the film. I was just going to say this movie is borderline comical. I just think it's so gross and there's some very over the top gross outs that I can't help but giggle just a little bit. So everything you're saying totally makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, this is David Cronenberg at his finest and at his absolute weirdest. And the funny thing about that is that he was the original pick, but at the time that he was approached, he was actually working on Total Recall. It's only because he had had a falling out with the producers of that film that he suddenly became available after the original director, Richard Bierman, had to drop out due to a tragedy. Let's talk about the cast. We got the very lovable and over-the-top Jeff Goldblum, at his yes. best, by the way. <laughs> Gina Davis, who was basically like the hottest and most paid actress at the time, who had a very long reign in Hollywood for like 10 years, that she was the highest paid in the biggest actress in the world and the fact that they got her to do a movie like this right and she also gave a really great performance as well yeah i mean both actors were fantastic i think this may have been gina davis's first or at least one of her first big screen appearances at the time she was a series regular on a show called family ties which was a huge hit in the 80s but i think that this may have been her first big screen leading role and we talked about like some of the makeup effects and whatnot, but besides the makeup, the shots where you see Grundle on the ceiling and crawling on the wall is so goddamn believable. It puts Spider-Man himself to shame. <laughs> Absolutely. And I actually think those effects influenced modern cinema and some of the scenes that we see with Spider-Man and other characters that can sort of climb walls and things like that. I think they drew a lot of influence from this movie as well. The thing I love about this movie is that it does not waste any time. It opens and like one of the first lines of the movie is you want to see what I'm working on. Right. <laughs> it's just like, okay, <laughs> let's just get right to it. As the movie progresses, you get to learn about how each of the characters like interact and how they feel towards one another. And of course, Gina Davis's character with her former relationship with her boss. Like right. the fact that all that stuff kind of like unfolds as the story goes, I really like how it's done. And again, the special effects still hold up. This is a hoot. This is a popcorn flick, but just don't eat the popcorn while you watch the movie. I would go on and say, 7.5 out of 10, just because it doesn't waste time. There's not a whole lot there, but they get right into it fast and it's just a hell of a lot of fun. What do you think? I'm going to go ahead and give it an 8 out of 10. I think some of the performances in this are absolutely fantastic, especially Jeff Goldblum as Brundle. This is the movie that really put him on my radar as an actor. And I think like we talked about these great effects, the writing is top notch in this movie, and I would absolutely stand by that score. Excellent. So that being said, this movie pretty much ends this year's summer blockbusters. Now that we're climbing out of blockbuster season, the lookbacks are going to be coming a little bit less frequently now. However, going into the fall and winter of this year, some of our favorite movies are celebrating some huge milestones. So keep your eyes open for that. So before we go, we ask you to pretty please like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread that shit like sofa so you guys say, 
from Louisville to Syracuse to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live. Enjoy life. Stay safe. And good night. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live!